as sitting incumbent Democratic senators, one of the hardest things to do in the country, maybe even in the world. And we'll talk about why in this interview. But we're gonna to talk to a guy who's trying to do that in New Jersey, Joseph Signorello III, is actually the mayor of Roselle Park in New Jersey, my home state. And he's running against Bob Menendez, a sitting incumbent Democratic senator. So Mayor Sig, as you are sometimes called, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. So Joe, uh, you've made some pretty tough comments about Menendez, uh, which is unusual already, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. Um, you yep. say that he is a prime example of an epidemic of failed leadership and the brand of politics killing the Democratic Party. That is not the kind of language you normally see among uh, Democrats, uh, so I like it. Uh, but what do you mean by that uh, when it comes to Menendez? Uh, so I grew up in the state of New Jersey. I love the state of New Jersey. I think we very often get a bad rap from, I would say, the politicians that represent us. You know, you need to look at like the Sopranos or any any New Jersey media. There's usually some sort of jokes about corruption, right? And I think. As a blue state like New Jersey, we should be in a leadership position. And because we've had folks like Senator Menendez who sort of embody that stereotype, we've been on the back seat instead of a driver's seat. And I think that needs to change. Yeah. So, all right, well, let me press on that a little bit more. You said he represents dirty New Jersey politics. He's the walking embodiment of it right now. What do you mean by dirty politics? Well, he's under his second federal investigation right now. So I'm not gonna get into any of the right wing conspiracy theories that have been leveled against him. I think that's unfair and a lot of those have been unfounded. But we do know his fellow senators have spoken out about some of his practices in terms of gifts and things that have been passed on that were inappropriate, right? So he, was uh, the the trial was hung six years ago, but that does not mean he was found not guilty. And uh, there's a reputation there at stake uh, that the the current investigation and the prior investigations have sort of led us to uh, you know sort of side deals that are potentially happening with Senator Menendez and just can't happen. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what you would stand for in Congress. So you say I have a vision for the Democratic Party that's cunning, adept, and pragmatic. Fascinating. Uh, collection of words there, I like it. Cunning, adept, and pragmatic about how we use our power in Congress with New Jersey leading the way. So help the audience understand, what, is it, what does that mean to you? What would you do if you're in the Senate that would embody that? So I think the Republicans have done a fantastic job of, we are a nation that in my view has gone from a middle right trajectory to a middle left. I don't think we're all the way left yet. But the Republicans have done a great job through gerrymandering and jiggering the rules to put the pieces in their favor. I think it's time we play by those similar games and also do right by the voters in the process, right? So when we talk about things like ending the filibuster, it needs to happen yesterday. And we need to have representation for DC, for Puerto Rico. And there's no guarantee that they're going to vote Democratic. Well, I think in DC, it's pretty, it could be a foregone conclusion, but we need to start setting the playing field level again and having people's voice being heard. And I think that's a win for the Democrats and it's a win for the nation. So Joe, a lot of people go in saying that because it's logical, yep. it makes sense. But when they get in there, they never do it. And so there's a reason why they don't do it. It's because democratic leadership tells them, shut up, 
and don't fight. It's bad for the party. They'll have good reasons. They're not going to say, "Oh, by the way, we're all corrupt and we don't mean anything we say." Of course, they would never say that, right? What they say is, "No, listen, you've got to know your role. You, you, what are you going to come in here as a 35-year-old think you're running the place? You don't know anything about DC. You have to trust leadership and Schumer and Biden. And these people know what they're doing. What do you say when they say that to you?" So I would say, first off, there's a proven track record already in my short term as a uh, as a mayor in New Jersey and potential Senate candidate that I have no problem bucking the party. Uh, I, I love being a Democrat. I love the Democratic Party, um, but we are not authoritarian Russia here, right? Um, we are able to have fair and open primaries and have other mindsets, right? So as a party, we can either adapt and evolve and do better. Or we could stay constantly on the back foot when white right wing crazies are, you know, left, right, and center all the way in this country. So uh, I think we need to evolve and listen to these younger voices. Um, or we can still keep riding the anti Trump coattails, but hopefully one day that ends and that only gets you so far. So, Joe, you're going to be in for, um, you're in a catch 22 right now, actually. And I don't know if you're aware of it, but here's the. The trap, and I'm and I'm going to participate in it because at some point you got to make a decision on which way to go. Okay, so sure. the, the trap goes like this: if you don't say anything that challenges power, you're going to lose, uh, and because you've got to be very aggressive to try to win that seat, right? Um, but yep. if you say, "Hey, I'm going to fight Schumer and Biden," then the media will turn around and say, "Ah, oh, this guy's not a real Democrat; he's going to try to help the Republicans." Which then puts you in a situation where you're more likely to lose. So there's the the legislating part of that trap too. But for now, in the political part of that trap, how do you get out of it? Yeah, I think it's really I think that's a very fair statement, and I think there's nuance to it. Uh, I will say I actually think Joe Biden's done a pretty darn good job. Uh, he's not my perfect president, but he's what I think the nation needed after the turmoil of Trump. Uh, so I'm happy to ride the Joe Biden train, um, and I'm happy to support him as president for another four years. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be the nominee. Uh, so I do think there is a needle to be threaded, but we're also talking to especially folks in New Jersey who are voting in the primary. They are an educated electorate, and I. I believe can understand the nuances that yes, I am for a large percentage of what the normal Democratic Party stands for. But there are elements within the Democratic Party that very drastically need to change so we can win everywhere. And I think just just to end cap, I think the New Jersey electorate is very, very attuned to the nuances of these policies. And I'm banking that they'll understand that come next year. Yeah. Okay, I'll just say for my part, if you go in and then you listen to Biden, then it, there was no point. That's my opinion, because Biden's sure. not going to push for any of these things. So here, I'll give, I'll be more specific. You say in your agenda, you want to banish the filibuster for good. Biden doesn't really agree with that. You want to pass Medicare yep. for all. Biden hates that. Doesn't want that at all. Cancel student debt. Yep. Hey, look, I'll give him credit for trying, and you know, God bless. I'll take a win, right? It's it might it's getting challenged in court. I'm not sure I believe him, but hey, he did the right thing. Fantastic, right? Um, sure. And uh, and then root out blatant corruption in our government. I'm not sure what you mean by blatant corruption, but Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer's pockets are overflowing with campaign contributions from corporations who demand that they do as they're told. 
So what do you mean and how do you plan to pass these things, two thirds of which Biden is against? So there's a couple things, right? So first off, I don't think it's just a one man show or one woman show, whoever that may be. I think this would be the start of a movement to get other folks that are like minded like me, much like you saw with AOC in Congress, right? In the House of Representatives, right? So I'll need to build a coalition around that. The other bit is I don't think we've had a strong Democrat voice from the left. That's actually a Democrat, right? So with due respect to Bernie Sanders, he's a registered independent and runs the Democrat when it it makes sense, right? And that's no shade there. Um, So I think actually having a Democrat helps a lot there. Uh, The last bit is, look, that's the executive branch, right? So uh, as much as Joe Biden hates it, if we get the votes in the House and the Senate, um, these are all plausible. And um, you know, look, it's it's not going to be a two-year thing, right? It's not going to be a three-year thing. It's going to be a generational thing. Um, but you know, we've gone in just a few short years where everybody thought Medicare for all was kooky uh, 15 years ago. And once again, credit where credit's due to Sanders. Um, this has become part of the Democratic vernacular, and it needs to be part of the policy too. Yeah. See again, Joe. I'm a little confused by you. I'm being straight up with sure. you, right? So you got Medicare for yeah. all, which now is for the corporate Democrats is like a third rail. They don't want it. And if you put Medicare for all on your platform, they put you in the progressive bucket. And I put you in the progressive bucket. And I think that's a good thing, right? Sure. But but they don't, right? But then you say that you're an early supporter of Pete Buttigieg, who's like the most corporate Democrat there is. So are you are you so in the that camp or are you in the progressive camp? I can't quite tell. So here's what I like about Pete Buttigieg, and I'll let people, I'm gonna show my views and I'm gonna let people make their own decisions whether I'm progressive or not. Look, I can say with authority that I've, especially progressives, especially liberals love to talk about the progressive things that happen in Europe. I've lived in Europe, I've worked in Europe, I understand what works there and what could work here in America. What I liked about Pete Buttigieg was um, I think his presentation and understanding of how he spoke to the middle and issues, right? And I think there's a really important nuance where corporate Democrats and liberals, um, I think need to coalesce around a message, right? And I think what happens sometimes in the liberal spheres is we know that Medicare for all, you know, paying for college, these are all good and right things that we should do. But a lot of voters, particularly um, I would say swing voters and independents, vote with their wallets, right? So I don't think the two things are diametrically opposed. I think we need to start talking about things like Medicare for all, how net net, the average voter will save money when they don't go bankrupt because they have you know health care. Um, and net net, maybe your taxes go up a little bit, especially with the wealthy to pay for college, but it's better than going into debt for 200K, right? I think we need to start talking about these liberal issues to people's wallets versus their hearts. And I think that's what I saw from Pete Buttigieg, although I didn't necessarily always align with his views, if that makes sense. No, I hear you, that's a good defense. Uh, so. All right, one more thing. Menendez's job approvals 38 to 38 to approve and disapprove. That's a really bad number for an incumbent, right? So he's yep. he he's he's in trouble. And and if the and if he's the nominee for the Democrats, the Democrats are in trouble. I lived in New Jersey. I remember what it was a swing state. Yes, it is definitely possible to lose in New Jersey. We almost lost the governorship to Republicans. But among Democrats, he's at 59 to 15. So this is the conundrum that you're in. 
And most of mainstream media will paint you as a Republican if you challenge Menendez, and that'll get Democratic primary voters into their enclave of no, 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 no I don't, I don't like the Republicans. So, even though he Menendez is more likely to lose the general election than you are, uh, and even though he's not very popular, the problem is getting past a Democratic primary where the voters have been trained by media to vote against challengers. So I think that's a very fair point, um, and I hate to keep harping on the same thing, but uh, once again, six years ago, under his first federal investigation, um, Lisa McCormick, uh, who you know um, is probably further left than I am, um, you know, captured almost forty percent of the vote and didn't really have much of a campaign infrastructure to stand on. So assuming that the environment's somewhat the same. I think that it's safe to say that there's a protest vote out there of just anybody but Menendez to the tune of 40-ish percent of the electorate. My job now is to convince people, A, you know, Menendez, it's time to move on from, but B, I can serve you as a senator. I'm qualified to serve you as a senator, and it makes sense to send me to DC. All right. Uh, so it's sigforsenate.com if you want to help. Or just yes, check sir. it out, right? Check out his policies, check out what he's running on, sigforsenate.com. Uh, mayor of Roselle Park in New Jersey, my uh, beloved home state, and you are absolutely right that it is wrongly judged. Uh, and it's partly because of guys like Menendez. So Joseph uh, Signorello, thanks for joining us, we appreciate it. It was a pleasure, thank you so much for having me. No problem.